Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I am Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be a seed to be planted and cultivated, and in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. The Lord bless and keep you, may His face shine upon you, and be gracious, and give you peace. Welcome back to our Planting Seeds podcast. Today we'll be looking at a section of scripture from the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. If you have a Bible with you, feel free to follow along while I read. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locust and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes one who is mightier than I, the straps of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. The spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, our lives and our world are just not right. Uh, There are a lot of things in our world that need to be better, right? We are in the midst of a pandemic, and so there's disease all around us, and it is devastating. It's uh, affecting our economy, it's affecting our personal lives, and and in many cases, it's affecting health, well-being, and even life. Uh, With the economy being messed up, some of us are struggling to uh, find ways to provide for our families and take care of things that need to be taken care of. Uh, There are people who take advantage of other people. There are people who commit uh, violent crimes. Uh, There are people who stand up in public places and proclaim uh, falsehood as truth. It's a messed up world in which we live. We can see things all around us aren't right. And in the first century, the people felt the same way. They looked around them and they saw things weren't right, especially Jews in Judea, as they looked around and they remembered the promises that God had made them about their land and their temple and their law, it just wasn't right. 
Roman armies had invaded and taken over and they were subject to them. That wasn't right. They didn't always have the freedom to uh, engage in commerce the way they wanted to. They didn't always have opportunity to worship the way they wanted to. And to make matters worse, the the Jewish hierarchy, the, the rulers, uh, Jewish rulers, had become corrupt and they had made uh, agreements with the Roman government to stay in power, but often uh, at a loss to the Jewish people. People looked around and it just wasn't right. And that was never God's intention. If you'll remember, God created Eden. God created a place of, of perfection for his people. We live in something far different from that. The people of the first century lived in something far different than that. And we need to understand that was never God's intention. And God did not plan these bad things on us to teach us a lesson. God warned us that they would happen if we didn't listen to him. And because we haven't listened to them, all kinds of uh, disease and, and misfortune and, and bad behavior and bad character have infiltrated our world. And we're affected by that. But it's not what God wanted. Just like the people in John's audience, we need a savior. We're in a time where we can't manage these things all by ourselves. There are a lot of people who are looking for their own way out, their own path out of, of their circumstance. But what we know is the good news of God is that we have a Savior, a Savior we can count on, a Savior we can rely on. It's the same Savior that John the Baptist talked about in the first century. We're told in this text that John, Bab John the Baptist was responsible for preparing the way for Jesus to make his path straight. And I think oftentimes when we read that, uh, we think that it was um, John's job to make it easy for Jesus to come to the world. But what John was doing was making it easy for us to get to Jesus. The, his path was the path that led to him. Uh, the path that needed to be straightened, the path that needed to be cleared was the path that we as humans could have to access God. And John was making that very clear and obvious that the pathway to God was through Jesus. He removed those things that might get in the way. He called to attention the obstacles that were preventing people uh, getting near to God. And so today, as we look at our life and we're troubled by our circumstances, we need to be paying attention to what the prophets and, and maybe in our time, our preachers and, and the things we're gleaning from scripture are telling us are in our way of accessing God. If we're having difficulty navigating life, it may be because we're not in a tight relationship with God. We've let things get in the way. There are obstacles in our path and that path needs to be made straight. After John the Baptist made the path to Jesus clear and straight, the Jesus started proclaiming this good news of God, right? Saying that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand or is drawing near. Repent and believe in the gospel. This Savior 
said, if you want to make the most of your experience in this life, in this world, what you've got to do is turn from the path that you're on and trust. Trust this new teaching, this new way of doing things, these things that I am calling you to. It's interesting as we uh, read that phrase, repent and believe in the gospel, I think we've watered that down so much that it's lost some significance to us because very often we think of repenting as apologizing. If I say, I'm sorry, I've repented, but repentance is way more than that. And belief, we often uh, relegate to some mental exercise where we agree that something is true. But belief, especially this Greek word that's translated belief, carries with it so much more significance. What Jesus has actually called us to is to change the course of our life, right? Repentance is being on one course or one path, going in one direction and literally changing that direction, right? It would be like if I had gotten on Interstate 65 near my home and headed north, but my intention was to go to the beach. For me to get there, I would have to turn around, change course to get where I wanted to go because I was headed in the wrong direction. That's what Jesus was calling people to during his ministry on earth. Guys, you're headed in the wrong direction. You're making choices based on what makes sense to you or the lies you've bought into from the world. You're not trusting God enough to do what he says, right? And that takes us to this idea of belief. And this Greek word here is exactly the same word as faith, right? Um, in the it, When we get it translated into English, most often, if it's in the verb form, it's translated believe. If it's a noun form, it's translated faith. But it's exactly the same word. And it's a bigger word than something that happens as a part of your mental faculty. It, it is something that you embody, right? It, it is actually a, an action word. And, and it's trusting God or trusting Jesus, but not just saying, oh, I trust you, but trusting them enough to do what they say, right? Uh, it, it would be like the small child standing on the side of a swimming pool, right? And, and his father's in the water and the father's saying, jump, right? The child says, I trust you, but I don't want to jump. I trust you, but I'm scared right? For that child to truly trust his father, he'll jump even if he's scared, right? If he never jumps, he's saying, I only trust you to a point. I'm not sure you'll catch me. I'm not sure doing this has any benefit or will help me at all. And so we stop short. We do this in our spiritual lives. We say we trust God, but when he tells us to jump off the edge of the pool, we don't do it right? So we don't have this faith. We're we're staying on the same course. We haven't radically changed direction and trusted his leading and his teaching. We're still doing what the world tells us to do. Very often we're guilty of doing those things that the world has convinced us are best and then asking God to bless that. That is not trusting God. Trusting God is doing whatever he says, no matter how inconvenient, uncomfortable, uh, or, or, or irrational it seems to us. Do we trust God 
enough to believe that his way is the best way and I'll do what he wants me to no matter what. There is great news. In this world of turmoil, we have a rescue, but that rescue means we have to change the course of our lives and trust in God completely. What we find in this text is that when we do put that trust in the Savior, that, that we get to experience a couple of things that are amazing. And one of them is life in the kingdom, right? The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is very near, right? And repent and believe in the gospel. I know that there are popular teachings out there that when Jesus came, he didn't actually set up a kingdom. Uh, he just announced that he was going to do that sometime way in the future. And, and there are people that are eagerly anticipating a future kingdom of God. But what we hear in scripture is that all things have already been placed under Jesus' feet. Jesus says himself later on in this gospel that he's been given all authority. And Jesus is our king right now. The question is whether or not you acknowledge that authority and submit to that authority. Yes, I do know in the future that that kingdom will be purified and all the evil will be taken out of it and it will be handed back to the Father. But we have this opportunity to live now in the kingdom of God. Maybe part of our misunderstanding of that phrase is the translation, because when we think of kingdom, we think of place. Right. But but very literally, the the translation of this phrase could could appropriately be the reign of God in in the hearts and lives of his people. Right. As God reigns in our life, we live in his kingdom. If we don't submit ourselves to that authority, we're not part of that kingdom. And so we have this ability to in the here and now live in the kingdom of God. Having Jesus as our high priest and our prophet and our king, as we experience life in the kingdom, we should expect life to be different than it is for those people who live outside the kingdom. It doesn't mean that circumstances aren't going to affect us. It doesn't mean the bad things in the world won't have some role in our life, it means that we are particularly equipped to handle those things because we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And that leads us to the next blessing that comes from trusting in the Savior. Here we had reference a couple of times uh, to the Spirit of God, and the Savior was going to give us the Spirit, right? Baptize us in that Spirit. And so not only does trusting in the Savior lead us to life in the kingdom, it leads us to life with the Spirit. And just as it did for Jesus, I think we need to realize that this Spirit will sometimes lead us through the wilderness. Jesus was led into the wilderness and tempted or tested. He was uh, allowed to experience things that, that actually prepared him, prepared him for his purpose. And I think we should expect similar things. As we look at the world around us, the promise to us is not that all the bad things will go away, but that we have a spirit within us that will lead us through those so that we make it through to the other side. Not only make it through, but be prepared on the other side of these things, better prepared for our purposes, 
our God-given purposes. That's what Jesus experienced. And as we go through this season of life, we're, we're in so much turmoil. I hope that we can see if we have turned from a path that the world is on, that leads to destruction and radically changed our direction and put our trust in Jesus. And we trust him enough to do what he says, that we experience life in his kingdom and life with his spirit. When we have that, all of these things, all these superficial things, all these things that will fade away uh, are put in their proper perspective. And we eagerly anticipate our eternity with God. May God bless you and may these words encourage you in this time of uh, trial and trouble. And we look forward to uh, sharing with you again in the coming weeks. Thank you.